Welcome to the CXM Experience. As always, I'm your host, Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler, and uh, kind of excited actually. This this is going to be a fun week. Um, you know, I'm just going to have a really good time with something I've never done before, which is to talk at length about Super Bowl commercials. Uh, and maybe a little bit of Super Bowl and a bunch of stuff here and there. I mean, the Super Bowl is just, uh, for me, a kind of incredibly visceral experience. You know, I'm a naturalized American, so I'm you know, new to the country. You know, lived in the U.S. when I was very young, born in Canada, but lived in the U.S. when I was very young. Kind of got pulled away and, and really spent most of my life and I'd say a good percentage of my adult life trying to get back to the U.S., uh, finally finally made it in 2015. So it's only been about six years, not even that, probably about five and a bit years. And, um, you know, the Super Bowl just is this iconic moment of Americana that I think Americans do appreciate it. I mean, as evidenced by everyone getting together and having a party and eating seven-layer dip and uh, Cheetos and everything else. But it's really special. This year with the flyover by the, you know, the three bombers, the B-52, the B-1, and the B-2, um, the singing of the what appear to be two different national anthems that you have, you know, all the different things that happen in that game. And, and the way that they incorporated all the challenges of COVID, uh, I thought it was particularly clever. They had 20,000 first responders in the stadium, and then they had uh, 45,000 cutouts to keep everyone distanced and to make the stadium look full. What was really cool is that those cutouts were sponsored. So you could get, you could sponsor one, entered into a draw to get a ticket to next year's Super Bowl. You paid for them. And then your face would be on one of those cutouts. It's kind of neat. So it was quite a wide variety of people who'd sort of sponsored these things and they were in the quotation marks in the stadium while not in the stadium. So anyway, just. The Super Bowl is just a really special, special event. And, you know, I've been to a number of Super Bowl parties over the years, sort of kind of really moved to the U.S. in about 2006 and uh, went to a number of parties. But I got to say that for the most part, for a variety of reasons, I rarely have been able to watch the game or the commercials. Uh, and yeah, it's like a variety of reasons. Uh, one year it was just way more interesting to hang out with a bunch of really interesting women in the kitchen, uh, kind of went that way. Uh, one year it was just, um, I was uh, running our customer experience center at Microsoft and we were, we were actually, uh, live tweeting during the game. And so we we're super, uh, taken with that. So it was kind of the game was sort of kind of in the background, but we were obviously trying to run our, our social piece there. That was really fun. Last year had a really, like a really fun party with Rachel. Uh, it, was, it was just great. A bunch of our friends over. It was a great, great evening, great day. Don't remember a second of the game. In fact, I had to remind myself who was playing last year and who won. Um, I think I may have seen a bit of the, the halftime show, which was which was pretty cool. J-Lo and Shakira. That I didn't miss that. But the, otherwise, I mean, it was mostly... A blur, and uh, and then you know the the reasons pile up. But the the NFL made a change in about the early two thousands. They they made a change and they they added a week to the schedule. So traditionally, the Super Bowl had always been near the end of 
January, um, but sometime within January. And they added a week to the schedule and it pushed it into early February. Uh, and in 2010, for the very first time, the Super Bowl fell on February the 7th, which happens to be my birthday. And in 2016, it fell on February 7th again, still my birthday. And this year, 2021, it fell on February 7th again, also my birthday. So it was pretty cool to have my birthday and the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details, but I had an amazing birthday this year. Rachel was like, it was over the top. It was incredible. Had an amazing day, amazing time. Um, I'm in Florida. It was warm, beautiful weather. I just couldn't have been more perfect. Fantastic gifts, great food. And the whole thing was, was absolutely heavenly. And then got to see the Super Bowl. It was, it was really nice. And, and kind of got to see the Super Bowl. Because um, as well, when you've got other people over, the things going on, you might be watching a bit of the game, but you're kind of jumping up and jumping down, jumping up and jumping down, kind of missing things. This year, I just literally sat on this ridiculous love sack couch that I've talked about before in previous podcasts, and uh, which is like crazy comfortable. It's just it's almost too comfortable, but there's no such thing as too comfortable. But it's almost too comfortable, and uh, and just watch the game and watch the commercials. It was glorious experience. And so I thought what would be kind of fun this week is to spend a bit of time talking about those Super Bowl commercials. Uh, and I might spend a moment or two talking about the halftime show. I want to just kind of do that right now for a second. So the halftime show uh, featured The weekend, who's actually a Canadian artist. So it's kind of cool. And a um, surprising number of hits. If you, most people have not heard of The weekend, but you're like, ah, I know who that, that artist is. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't seen every single halftime show, but I've seen a few. Uh, and um, there's a really great um, sort of ranking of halftime shows and sort of of all the uh, halftime shows. And so far there have been uh, a total. And so and just, you know, history on this is kind of interesting too. Uh, there's been a total of 29, 29 halftime shows. I'll tell you what the first one was in a second, uh, in terms of, terms of the modern era. So we'll call it the modern era of halftime shows. Uh, and, uh, the weekend came in, uh, at number 16, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, well within the top half of, uh, halftime shows, I thought it was terrible. Uh, so I would have put it closer to 29, but, uh, but nonetheless, it kind of came in halfway uh, on some of these lists. Um, the halftime show, just for most of you may know this, but for many, many years, it was really just college marching bands. And occasionally, you know, Andy Williams would show up or there was a, a group called Up With People, very big in the, uh, in the 70s. They did, they've actually still to this date done the most halftime shows and they've done five or six of them. Um, but uh, in 1993, Michael Jackson did the halftime show and turned it into must watch television and everything was different after that. So that's sort of the history of the Super Bowl halftime. So generally speaking, 1993 is viewed as the beginning of the modern era of halftime shows. And what do you think the most popular and the highest rated halftime show would be? Think about that for a second. Madonna, very close. Number two, also an amazing one. Beyonce and Destiny's Child, also very close, but number three. Katy Perry, my favorite one, came in at number five. Now, 
Still thinking? Michael Jackson actually only came in at number nine, which is interesting. Lady Gaga was an excellent show, number 10. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, that was last year. That was awesome. Um, that is number 11. That was maybe close to number one for me. Uh, number one, and it's hard to argue, was Prince. You know, not only that it was Prince and not only that he did a bunch of his great songs and he had a kind of tip of the hat to the marching bands with the Florida A&M University marching band team, but he played, you know, Purple Rain, you know, in the rain. I was, I don't know how he arranged the rain to happen at that time, but he killed it, right? So that was awesome. So let's go to the commercials. And we're actually going to spend uh, a bit of time on this because, you know, people sort of popularly talk about buying a Super Bowl commercial as the way to kind of get noticed. And what's interesting about Super Bowl commercials is um, there's sort of three factors, which I think are fascinating. One is that it's become quite fashionable now to release your Super Bowl commercial before the Super Bowl. People can kind of see it and sort of talk about it. So there's some buzz in the air before it appears on the air. Um, most Super Bowl commercials are a minute, which is wonderful. It's a great creative landscape to sort of paint on. It's just a just amazing to have a whole minute to do a commercial, which, you know, at one point in time in the 1960s was the standard unit, but geez, a minute, it's just amazing. Uh, and then, um, and then they have all these recaps. So you can go to all sorts of different sites where they have all the commercials. They talk about which ones are best. People argue about them. So what's interesting about Super Bowl commercials is that the commercials, you know, they're, they're actually reasonably expensive. Um, generally run around five and a half million dollars for 30. So it's usually not double, but it's probably like eight million for a 60, something like that. But, um, but you get all this earned media out of it. And so the question is, can you create something that's interesting enough to drive earned media? And so the way I'm going to sort of evaluate these ads is I'm going to evaluate them from an earned media and sort of social currency standpoint, because there's no way, although the reach is good, uh, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things during the Super Bowl ad breaks. For example, going to the washroom. So you, you can't count on these ads as being like massive reach necessarily. But what you can count on them as being is big news if you do the ad correctly. And so what I'm going to do, I'm not going to go through every single ad, but I'll, I'll talk about like a few that I thought were maybe interesting uh, maybe ones I reacted to, ones I thought were funny, ones that I, I genuinely laughed at and sort of you know thought was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll watch that ad again. Uh, or I thought they'd done a nice job on it. And I'm going to start with Amazon Alexa. Um, oh, <laughs> my Alexa just uh, beeped in the background. It's okay, Alexa. I'm not going to, I'm not, nope, nope, stop it. And they did an ad with Michael B. Jordan, which was the Alexa of one of the, actor's dreams. And, uh, and so basically the, the idea is, um, what, you know, they're looking at the new Alexa, which is really cool. It's a, essentially a sphere, very cool form factor. And the comment is, you know, what would be a, what would be a sexier vessel for a voice command, uh, on a device than this. And the, uh, one of the actors looks out the window sees a bus with a poster of Michael B. Jordan and then begins to fantasize about Michael B. Jordan being the vessel for Alexa. It's just flawless, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside. 
Alexa, how many tablespoons are in a cup? There are 16 tablespoons in a cup. Babe, food just got here. Why are you cooking? Who's that? Alexa, turn on the sprinklers. Honey, I already ran the sprinklers. Things are getting way too wet around here. Alexa, dim the lights. Alexa, lights up! Alexa, lights up! Add bath oil to my shopping list. Alexa, no, don't do that. Read my audiobook. I was in his hands. I was being changed. But I was also kissing him. Honey, other people have to use the bathroom around here too. It's super funny. And uh, there's a longer version that they ran during. Uh, the game, and then after the game, they ran a slightly shorter version as well. And Lex is actually talking to me right now. Thank you very much. And uh, and I thought it was really clever because what they did is they managed to take something that was very prosaic, which they essentially demoed Alexa just doing things like getting the weather, doing a recipe, reading an audio book, like just doing stuff, right? All the things you could do with Alexa. So it was like old-fashioned product demo advertising, but done in a way that was super interesting, super engaging. Uh, the actress who was doing the fantasy was fantastic. She she did a great job on it. Um, Michael B. Jordan was Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> what did you say there? He, he killed it. Um, and and the whole thing just had a, a real charm to it. And I, it could have it could have come off weird. It could have been a little bit, I don't know, could have been too dirty, could have been too weird, could have been too strange. I thought they managed to sort of really walk the line. And I will say generally, Amazon advertising has been very strong. Um, whoever's doing that work and, and whoever, whichever agencies are involved, doing an amazing job of, of creating very watchable, um, very rounded advertising that's feels very human, larger than life, but very kind of contained at the same time. It's, it's quite an extraordinary sort of brand story that they're building around their advertising. And I kind of applaud anyone who's involved in that. So, so great work. I'll do one more today and then we'll kind of, kind of hit this. Uh, we got a, we got a whole week ahead of us. So I'll, I'll hit this again tomorrow. But uh, the last, second one I'm going to hit is um, Squarespace. Now, I, I will fault this ad for one thing, and I'll, I'll tell you that in a second, but but it was a really quite a, a beautiful ad, like a beautiful ad. Uh, it was actually directed by an Oscar winner, uh, Damien Chazelle, and it's, um, it's basically uh, Dolly Parton um, singing not her famous song, 9 to 5, you know, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but uh, an altered version, which is 5 to 9, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., and basically the idea is, hey, they sort of start with people kind of at these boring jobs, potentially over-dramatized, but it's fine. Um, I would say that if you're that bored about your job, maybe you should find another job. It was, it was pretty brutal. Um, but then five o'clock comes around and bam, off you go for your passion. Essentially side gig land, right? So what's your side gig? And then they show all these people flowering and moving in, becoming dancers and in gardens. And, you know, just like they start to like, you know, scuba divers, they start to live the lives they really want to live. Working five to nine, you've got passion and a vision because it's hustling time, a holy way to make a living. Gonna change your life, do something. 
There's an undercurrent of sort of incredible sadness about that, <laughs> if you really want to go there. And, you know, I'll say that people who I respect, uh, Yoli Chisholm being one of them, um, actually do a really great job of pursuing the life they want to live, not just five to nine, but kind of they do it 24 hours a day. But let's leave that aside for a second. That's a kind of a bit of a heavy social commentary. Squarespace is all about, hey, if you've got a side gig, we'll make it easy for you to pursue it. The, the reason I'd fault the ad slightly, beautiful ad, very engaging, I watched it very closely, is that Squarespace is just right at the last second. And I would say that the idea of side gigging it, very well communicated, but the idea of Squarespace and why Squarespace is something that helps you run your side gig. Now, I know Squarespace quite well because I actually have used it um, in the theater, sort of my theater life. But um, does everyone even know what Squarespace is? So I think it probably would have been potentially not a horrible idea to take a few seconds up front to introduce the idea of Squarespace uh, and what it does and then kind of play it out. But I get it. Um, I get how, how they did it that. And, you know, I'm talking about it right now. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but really worth watching, five to nine. Uh, by Squarespace. Anyway, so that's uh, that's today. We're going to continue talking about Super Bowl commercials uh, for the next few days, and I might throw in and pepper a few Super Bowl halftime show commentaries as well. Uh, but for today, that's it. This has been the CXM Experience. I'm Grad Khan, and I'll see you <laughs> next time.